Because here we are, I'm on the grid at the Rolex 24. Never been here before, never done much sports car racing, actually, so I don't even really know what to expect. But uh, I'm going to give you some observations, record one minute of this podcast every hour. Hopefully it'll be the 24 minutes of Daytona by the time we're all done. Trying to stay up all night. I got three five-hour energies. I got some iced coffee, already jacked up on some caffeine. Driver intro is ongoing now, so uh, we'll give you some observations as this goes along. Huge crowd. And uh, let's get started. Okay, so hour one wrapped up, and uh, I watched the start with my friend Holly Kane from the NASCAR Wire Service. Holly, you've done the upper end of 20-something of these. Walking around before the race, I was kind of blown away, and even along the fence we were watching, there's so many people here. I think that was something that caught me off guard. I guess I didn't realize there was that many people that come to this. Who are these people? Are they IndyCar fans, NASCAR fans, just sports car? That's the great thing. There are a lot of pure sports car fans, but because of this race and the people that are competing in it, you have IndyCar driver, IndyCar fans that want to come and see their favorite drivers. You have, you know, Rubens Barrichello and, and Fernando Alonso in to make all the F1 fans happy, and certainly there's always NASCAR guys in it as well. So it's really kind of this wonderful collection of sports car purists and then perhaps people that like other forms of racing but are excited to see their drivers. Yeah, it's really unbelievable how close you can get to the – the cars themselves, um, whether they're on the track or before the race on the grid. I mean, the grid is crazy. Um, it's really, I mean, it's a very fan-friendly experience, it feels like. It is, and, and I'm glad you got to go out there on the grid before the race because it, you can't even hardly move. And it's a wonderful chance because even if it's not the starting driver that you happen to be a fan of, all the team's drivers typically come and stand by the car as they're getting ready to get in. And uh, it really makes for just one of the, I think it's one of the best ways to start the racing season off in terms of here at Daytona because it's, it's a great vibe. All right, so it's two hours down, 22 hours ago. Puts us close to 5 p.m. here. And, uh, you know, just personally so far, I feel like I'm still kind of jacked up from the start of the race. No uh, ill effects or anything like that from tiredness. I had an iced coffee right before the race started. So I haven't tapped into my three five-hour energies yet. Haven't gotten any extra media center coffee. Um, But, uh, yeah, so far so good here uh, just for me personally. Okay, now I'm here with Nate Ryan, just wrapped up hour three. And Nate, one of the cool things, I know this is your first Rolex too, right? So we just saw a two-time world champion pass a three-time Indy 500 winner on the track. And this was right after we talked to freaking Alex Zanardi came in the media center. I mean, there was kind of an awe factor of that. This is kind of cool to see these guys. Yeah, and we've been talking about that, Jeff, really the whole month. That uh, One of the big stories, obviously, is Zanardi, but also that you have in Penske, uh, six Indianapolis 500s across those two cars with Rossi, Castroneves with three, Montoya with two. Um, there's so many just huge names, and I think that has become like a huge part of the appeal of this race is those crossovers. And go listen to Nate's podcast about this, the uh, two with Dale Jr. about his Corvette experience uh, racing with his dad, and then Elio as well. It's on the NBC, NASCAR and NBC podcast. Thanks, man. Appreciate the plug. Thanks for having me on your one-minute podcast. 
All right, so the uh, the double chimes there, I actually missed an hour, so so much for doing exactly one minute every hour. But um, I got caught up in walking around. There's so much to see and do here, like during the race, carnival going on, stuff like that, fan zone. But I did want to back up for a second to what Nate was talking about with the uh, the big-name drivers because um, although there's there's always been a few that, that I think NASCAR fans would recognize or motorsports fans, um, you know, apparently up until recently this has been something where they say like the cars are the stars for sports car racing and this is my first time really paying attention at a sports car race i've been to some companion type events with nascar but um never been super into sports cars as i as i mentioned but um this really seems sort of like the opposite of nascar in some ways where it's uh it's just like racing for car people you know i feel like nascar is sort of like a the big league sports type thing and it's like the entertainment and the the show factor and this is like, you know, um, if you're really super into cars, uh, you'll like this because all the different uh, makes and brands and, and manufacturers or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I think that's that's what's really interesting and different about this type of racing, at least that I can tell so far. Uh, but it really a good atmosphere at the same time. So you can be a casual fan and walk around. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to exploring more of that as the, uh, the night goes on here. So it's... Uh, about 8, 8 p.m. now, um, five hours down, 19 hours to go. Six hours down, 18 hours to go. I'm on the Ferris wheel in the infield, and I'm going to get a good view here of what's going on. Uh, the cars are really good. I'm, I'm just actually trying to see the fireworks because you go on the Ferris wheel anytime, um, and I'm just kind of waiting for the fireworks here. Okay, well, fast forward, and uh, I was going to get some fireworks audio for you in the background, but I completely mistimed it. I don't know what happened, but uh, I peaked too early on the Ferris wheel, so I'm going to have to go down below and see them. But still, still a good view from the top of the Ferris wheel. Definitely uh, recommend that. Only five bucks. Now there's about 17 hours to go, and I ran into one of my Twitter friends, Brian. And Brian, you were just telling me about what, what you like about the Rolex and the access and everything like that. What, why does it appeal to you to come to this event? The fantastic access of uh, my kids to get into the garage area, meet the drivers, experience the race from the grandstands all the way to the infield, Ferris wheel with the fireworks in, in, in you know, the middle of the night, and just staying up for 24 hours and experiencing endurance racing is fantastic. What time will you guys go to bed and, and come back or things like that? Uh, we, we have a room over at the uh, the Hilton Garden right across from the track. We're going to go back probably the middle of the night, take a shower, and come right back and uh, and, and enjoy all 24 hours. Yeah, you got to stay up. There's, there's no sleeping. Hey, I like that. I like that. All right, I'll give you a little bit of a break from the yelling here. Sorry, I realized I was yelling uh, before, but hopefully this will be a little bit quieter. Anyway, uh, eight hours down, 16 to go, so we are one-third of the way through. I'm actually doing pretty good, surprisingly. I feel like it's actually flying by. I think it, it's it's almost like when you know you're going to have like a really long flight, and it's easier than some flights you think are going to be short, and you're like, why is this taking so long? It's, it's all what your expectations are, right? I mean, I swear, like... Some Pocono races have felt longer than this eight hours so far. So uh, doing pretty good. I haven't even tapped into my um, five-hour energy stash yet. And right now, as I record this, it's uh, 10.45 p.m. So like I said, still going strong, although about half of the media center seems to have cleared out. I guess they're going to go sleep and come back in the morning.
All right, now I'm here with John Haverlin of the New Mexico Motorsports Report. We're uh, nine hours down, 15 hours to go. John, you, you come here for the Daytona races uh, for NASCAR, and here we are. You're, you're trying to stay up all 24 hours like I am um, in this media center. What are, what are the differences in the media people that you see who are actually in this media center? There's a lot more diversity within the media because, uh, like, you got your typical NASCAR people. There's some people, industry people, and then there's also a lot of European people here who tend to cover the World Endurance Championship or Formula One or, you know, even IndyCar. So I think you get kind of the best of both worlds in terms of, like, the domestic media core plus the international media core. Yeah, I've heard uh, Spanish, French, German, Italian being spoken. Um, do you think there's more foreign media here than American? I, I'm, I'm not sure the answer to that. kind of want to say it's 50-50. I could be completely wrong, too. I know that there are some familiar faces that I've seen from IndyCar paddock or, or NASCAR, you know, there's people we know here. And then there's also some people that, there's actually a few uh, people that are Asian that I saw at Formula One. So, like I said, it's really, you kind of get everything here. That's really cool. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, 10 hours down, 14 to go. I'm in the campgrounds here with my Twitter friend, Matthew. And Matthew, you were just saying you've been coming here for 10 years, but you've noticed that this event is getting bigger. Um, why do you think that is? Well, I think the main thing, first of all, I'm on the Jeff Club podcast, which is awesome. Um, the main thing is the access for a very reasonable price. You can get to the garage. I met Alex Zanardi the other day. That's amazing. I about poop myself because it was so cool like there was no one around it was quiet I got to shake his hand he's an inspirational guy and that was really cool these guys are world-class drivers not just famous Americans and you can get there for a reasonable price I'm not a rich guy and I can get in there to the garage for four days and meet them and you said this wristband that you have it's garage access four days you think you said you'd have to double check but it's like 60 bucks that's it yeah, I think it's sixty bucks. I, I I'm blanking right now, but I think it was around sixty bucks for four days. But you can walk in here on a Thursday, which is the best day to come because it's quiet here, and I think it's like forty bucks to get in the garage. And you can meet these guys like right up, and they're cool with it. Like I met, I saw AJ Allmendinger and uh, Simona Di Silvestro, which I mean they're they're world class. That's pretty awesome. Well, no wonder people are coming because. You know, fan access is a huge thing. All right, everybody, 12 hours down, 12 hours to go. We are halfway at the Rolex 24. I'm up here on the roof of the Daytona International Speedway, and it's looking beautiful from up here. You can see the whole infield, the front stretch, all that stuff, so pretty cool. Um, one thing I wanted to follow up real quick was uh, the last conversation I was having with Matthew. Uh, he said that it's actually $100 for the pit pass, $100, not 60 but still a pretty good price overall for four days and uh, the garage access. Another thing he said after our conversation was he goes to both Daytona races, you know, he goes to uh, cup stuff and this, and he was saying that it in some ways is more enjoyable because of the fact that you can sort of relax more. You know, you can't watch the whole 24 hours race, so you're going to eat, you're going to drink, you're going to talk with friends, you're going to walk around. But, you know, if you do that during the Daytona 500 or any any NASCAR Cup race, you're going to miss the action. You're going to miss the main event. You're going to miss the show. So you can't really afford to do that where here uh, you get a little bit of both. You, you're, you're having the camping experience and the race at the same time. So that was kind of interesting. 
All right, folks, just past 3.30 a.m. here, and it's 13 hours down, just 11 hours to go. But I got to admit, uh, I'm finally starting to get a little bit tired. Um, just uh, cracked in my first five-hour energy. I think part of it is just it's just kind of a slow time, kind of boring. A lot of the media people have left. Not much going on on Twitter. Just kind of the race is just going on right now. Not much happening. So it's kind of making me a little bit tired. Just I need something to get my mind going again. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how I do uh, in 11 more hours from now. All right, here's the situation now. It is 4.45 a.m., just past the 10 hours to go mark, so 14 hours down, and I'm standing outside, and uh, you probably can't hear it on the microphone, but there is a pitter-patter of raindrops. A big rain system has moved in. Uh, It's just the start of it. It's going to rain for the rest of the race, and it's going to get heavier and heavier. Uh, This is going to completely impact the race. One reason I haven't really been talking about the race is by the time you hear this, everything will have changed. There's been so many cautions that most of the main contenders are on the lead lap, and uh, this rain is going to change everything. So uh, for me, it's probably going to mean I'm going to be inside for the rest of these next 10 hours, which is going to suck. But uh, that's where the next podcast, uh, the remaining podcast, will be coming from. All right, folks, we have nine hours to go. It is uh, 5:38 a.m., and I'm here with. Uh, the great open wheel and sports car journalist Christopher DeHardy. And uh, you have been camping in a tent in the infield all weekend. Tell us uh, about that experience. Uh, it got really cold Thursday night. It was uh, not ideal, but I saved a lot of money on hotels by camping. And I tell you what, it's uh, it was a good experience. It was great to do that. I'm really happy I did it. Um, so I was talking to somebody earlier about um, the the cheap cost of a garage pass here obviously you don't have to pay for garage pass because you have a media pass but how much did it cost you to actually be in the infield here with a tent uh actually this infield was sold out uh surprisingly uh an infield pass would have been 60 bucks and out and where i stayed just outside of turns one and two was 45 there's always a service charge so it was only 52 dollars 52 dollars for the whole weekend whole weekend thursday night through uh sunday if I would have spent that on uh, money on an Airbnb, it would have been anywhere from eighty to one hundred dollars a night total. So that saved me quite a bit of money, and worth it, very much so. All right, folks, it's about uh, six forty-five in the morning here, which means there's a little less than eight hours to go in the Rolex. Got to be honest, kind of hit me hard at this point. Uh, I did have a five-hour energy full bottle, but uh, still sort of waiting for it to fully kick in, I think. doesn't help that uh, it's been under caution, the race here, for a little over 30 minutes already right now as we speak because it's been raining. There's lots of standing water on the track. Nothing's really going on. I'm just kind of waiting for the sun to rise. Maybe that'll give me a boost, but it's kind of at the point where it's like, man, this has been a long uh, day or race or whatever, and uh, hoping to get a second wind. Well, when I last left you guys, I said I wish the sun would come up. Uh, The sun did come up, but the race is not going on anymore. The race is red flagged due to rain. Uh, The caution that I mentioned in the last segment has uh, never resolved itself. And they said it was going to go back to green. And right when it was going to go back to green, uh, they instead threw the red flag. 
So now rain is expected to continue the rest of the day. Of course, you guys know what happened by the time you hear this. I don't know what happened because there's seven hours left on the clock, which is still going. I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but I'm kind of worried that this may be the end of the race because if they've red flagged it and they don't think it's safe to continue now and the rain's supposed to continue like this, um, how are they going to get it restarted? So is this the end of the race? Is this only the 17 hours of Daytona? Am I even going to have enough to finish the 24-minute podcast? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here. Um, like I said, you guys all know the answer by now. I don't. So kind of unfair that you guys already know in the future. But I'm kind of loopy at this point, so I don't even really know what I'm saying. All right, everybody, it's me again. Um, this is uh, 19 hours down, five hours to go now. I skipped an hour just because it was raining. Finally got the race restarted, and they wrecked again. Now it's under caution. Uh, I'm here with John Haverlin again, who is, like me, trying to stay up for the entire time. John, how are you holding up? I'm pretty miserable right now. But you know what, Jeff? We've made it this far. There's no turning back now. Like We just got to finish it. Stay, Stick around until the checkered. I feel like we made a mistake, John. <laughs> I feel like uh, I can cross off the, the Rolex 24 off the bucket list and say that I've you know, stayed awake throughout the night. To we watch. haven't made it yet. Right. We, have, we have five more hours. I'm, 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 I don't think I can make it. I'm going to make these five hours if it kills me. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll see. Okay, so now it's four hours to go. I'm here with Jenna Fryer. Jenna, they're still under caution. There's been one green flag lap in the last four hours or something like that. Why are they doing this? Because this is sports car racing, Jen. Why? Because it's about durability and attrition. You test these performance vehicles to the very limits. You battle weather conditions, track conditions, all the elements. You battle crew mistakes, preparation. This is sports car racing. This isn't what you're used to. But Wayne Taylor and... Hold on. Also, you look terrible. I feel terrible. I, I'm surprised that... Yeah, I'm not surprised. But... Wayne, Wayne Taylor and Fernando Alonso a few hours ago said that they should red flag it, and now nobody's saying that. Well, of course they wanted it red flagged. They were leading. You're so naive. Like, like Your naivety is really, like, I want to slap you in the face. I bought their argument, though. Yeah, because it's your first Rolex. And I'm sad for you because this is such a great event. It really is. And um, Not this one. No, I, I think that the the, the rain uh, and in addition, the cold weather, I think, really sucks some of the life out of this um, because it's so fun, this, particularly this time. This is a great time to be on pit lane going tent to tent and, and you know, seeing people sleeping and, and, you know, everybody's cranky and but but it's getting close to the end. So so everybody starts to get excited. So I feel like you've been robbed of the true Rolex experience and you really look awful. I mean, really bad. <laughs> Well, I'm back. I skipped two hours here, so we have two hours to go now. Feeling a little bit better because they are racing, and uh, it's been kind of a you-know-what show. Uh, crazy to watch as they're racing in the rain. They got them going, though, so it's, you know, I think the four hours where I was just sitting there and just uh, so tired and just they're just going around and around in circles, caution. 
that that was tough. But now that there's something to watch, I feel a little bit better. But listen, you know, if you ever come and do this race, don't be an idiot like me. Don't try to do all 24 hours. That's that's the mistake I made. I mean, I think this is a good event, but trying to do all 24 hours, especially because you got to get here several hours early and then, you know, you're, you're not going to bed as soon as it's over. So, uh, at this point I've been up for somewhat close to 30 hours, I think. And, uh, I'm just, uh, it's just, I, I just don't feel very well, but, um, anyway, it's, it's still a cool event. Sorry for the downer parts earlier. I just was, you know, it's not feeling, not feeling great. Hi, everybody. Well, a little update here. Uh, you're not hearing this from the Rolex still. Uh, I, I'm not there anymore when I'm recording this. In fact, it's the next day after the Rolex ended. Uh, if you saw my Twitter feed, unfortunately, I was not able to make it to the finish. Uh, here's what happened. So um, as you heard, I was starting to not feel very well. I was actually starting to feel like really, really shaky and I had like a lot of chills and stuff. And I thought, you know, I thought it was just because I'd stayed up for so long and, oh, this is what happens when you stay up. Anyway, when I started feeling like I was going to um, vomit in the media center, I thought, you know, uh, I think I might be sick, like to my stomach. I don't think this is just uh, exhaustion. I think I may have eaten something or something like that. Anyway, I'll spare you the details, but I decided that I had to leave. Um, I could not stay or else I was going to make quite a scene in the middle of the media center or at the track somewhere. Um, so I hurriedly packed up with, uh, an hour and 10 minutes remaining in the Rolex. And, uh, at least, it, you know, uh, there's some solace in that I didn't miss a single lap of on track action because four minutes after I had recorded that last segment, um, they had gone under red flag. So with an hour and 56 minutes to go, that was the end of the racing. I left with an hour and 10 minutes to go. They called it actually with 10 minutes to go in the race. I don't know why they didn't just let it play out for the final 10 minutes after everybody had been there for 23 hours and 50 minutes. But bottom line, I cannot say that I claimed to be there for the entire 24. I'm not going to try to pull that because I didn't. I had to go. And uh, for those who are calling me a wuss on Twitter, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, it wasn't just about being tired though. I, I really was about to, uh, maybe like collapse or something. So, uh, I, I wasn't feeling too great. Didn't feel great all last night. Woke up this morning, feel better. But anyway, that's more than you need to know. Bottom line is to wrap up this podcast. Uh, that was pretty miserable overall. Uh, probably one of the most miserable racing experiences I've ever had. You know, I think up till about 4am, I was, it was good, you know, uh, you know, but once the rain came, it just, it, I don't think it was fun for anybody, drivers, fans, anybody. Um, it is a great event though. I think I would recommend everybody do it at least once. I'm not sure I'll go back. I, I just, uh, you know, combined with being not super into sports cars, um, just the long event that it is. I mean, I'm perfectly fine checking in every few hours from home on TV. I think I kind of got the gist of it. So I do recommend that you guys would go, especially if you're going to camp. I think it would be awesome, but just, uh, I'm not sure that I need to be there in the future. I might change my mind, but as of now, um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, thanks to those, uh, who listened to this. I'm sure it was kind of a weird podcast, um, different than my normal ones. I appreciate you. Um, next week coming up, I'm going to be at the Vegas test. So I might do a podcast from there. I'm not sure yet, but there'll be Daytona podcasts coming up. 
very quickly after that, less than two weeks till I'm at Daytona for Speed Weeks again. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you next time. Feeling better on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.